0: Greetings and welcome to the ClearPoint Neuro fourth quarter and full year 2022 financial results conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen only mode. A question and answer session will follow the formal presentation. If anyone should require operator assistance during the conference, please press star zero on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded Comments made on this call may include statements that are forward-looking within the meaning of securities laws. These forward-looking statements may include, without limitation, statements related to anticipated industry trends, the company's plans, prospects, and strategies, both preliminary and projected, the size of total addressable markets or the market opportunity for the company's products and services, and management's expectations, beliefs, estimates, or projections regarding future results of operations. Actual results or trends could differ materially. The company undertakes no obligation to revise forward-looking statements for new information or future events. For more information, please refer to the company's annual report on Form 10-K for the year ended December 31, 2021, and the company's quarterly report on Form 10-Q for the three months ended September 30th, 2022, both of which have been filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission and the company's annual report on Form 10-K for the year ended December 31st, 2022, which the company intends to file with the Securities and Exchange Commission on or before March 31st, 2023. All the company's filings may be obtained from the SEC or the company's website at www.clearpointneuro.com. I will now turn the call over to Jill Burnett, Chief Executive Officer.
1: Thank you, Maria. And thank you to all of the investors and analysts on today's call for being a part of the ClearPoint vision and journey. Our mission and our priority is to help restore quality of life to patients and their families who are suffering from some of the most debilitating neurological disorders imaginable. In the fourth quarter and full year 2022, we have continued to make progress across our four pillar growth strategy, including biologics and drug delivery, functional neurosurgery navigation, therapy and access products, and in achieving global scale. We are excited to continue this momentum into 2023, where we again expect more than 20% growth and further progress in all four of those same growth pillars. I will now turn the call over to Danilo de Alessandro, our CFO, to review our financial performance in the fourth quarter and full year 2022, after which I will add some additional detail to our four-pillar growth strategy moving forward.
2: Danilo? Thank you, Joe, and thank you all for joining us today. Let me start by looking at the full year 2022 results. Clearpoint Euro total revenues were $20.6 million for the year ended December 31st, 2022 which represents a 26% increase over revenue of 16.3 million in 2021. Our revenue is made up of three components, functional neurosurgery navigation and therapy, biologics and drug delivery, and capital equipment and software. Functional neurosurgery navigation revenue consists of commercial sales of disposable products and services related to cases utilizing the ClearPoint system to deliver medical device therapy to the intended target. This revenue segment increased 13% to 9.1 million for the year 2022, up from 8.1 million in 2021. Biologic and drug delivery revenue includes sales of disposable products and services related to customer sponsored preclinical and clinical trials utilizing our products. Biologic and drug delivery revenue increased 34% to 9.1 million in 2022, up from 6.8 million in 2021. This increase was due to both an increase in commitments by our current partners and new pharmaceutical partners. Capital equipment and software revenue consisting of sales of ClearPoint reusable hardware and software and of related services was $2.3 million for the year 2022, a 61% increase compared to 2021. Gross margin for the full year 2022 was 66% compared to 68% in 2021. This decrease was due primarily to an increase in indirect labor costs in 2022 as compared to 2021, as well as an increase in excess and obsolete inventory reserves. Research and development costs were 10.9 million for the year 2022 compared to 9.3 million in 2021, an increase of 1.6 million or 17%. The increase was due primarily to increases in personal costs, including share-based compensation expense of 1.4 million due to growth in headcounts and a point one million increase in regulatory fees. Sales and marketing expenses were nine point four million for the year twenty twenty two compared to seven point two million in twenty twenty one, an increase of two point one million or thirty percent. This increase was primarily due to increases in personal costs, including share based compensation expense of one point five million, resulting from increases in headcounts in our clinical and marketing teams, increases in travel expenses of point three million, and increases in marketing activities of point two million. General administrative expenses were 9.6 million for the year 2022 compared to 8 million in 2021, an increase of 1.6 million or 20%. This increase was due primarily to increases in personal costs and share-based compensation of 1.5 million, IT costs of 0.3 million, insurance costs of 0.2 million, offset by decrease in bad debt expense of 0.3 million. Net interest expense for the year 2022 was $0.1 million compared to $1 million in 2021 due to the conversion into equity of two tranches of convertible debt in May 2021 and November 2021. Additionally, interest expense was partially offset by higher interest income in 2022 as a result of the increasing interest rates and the company's investment in U.S. government debt securities. I will now turn to the fourth quarter 2022 results total revenues were 5.2 million for the three months ended December 31st 2022 an increase of 21% over 4.3 million in the fourth quarter of 2021 functional neurosurgery and therapy revenue increased 7% to 2.3 million for the fourth quarter of 2022 from 2.1 million for the same period in 2021 biologics and drug delivery revenue increased 37% to 2.3 million in the fourth quarter of 2022 from 1.7 million in the same period in 2021. The increase was predominantly due to a 79% increase in biologics and drug delivery service revenue, partially offset by a slight decrease in product revenue. Capital equipment product and related service revenue increased 25% to 0.6 million for the fourth quarter of 2022 as compared with 0.5 million in the same period of 2021, due to an increase in the placement of ClearPoint Capital and Software. Gross margin was 64% for the fourth quarter of 2022, compared to a gross margin of 77% for, for the same period in 2021. The decrease in gross margin was due primarily to higher overhead expenses and inventory reserves. Operating expenses for the fourth quarter of 2022 were $7.8 million, compared to $7.3 million for the fourth quarter of 2021. The increase was mainly driven by the increase in headcount across the organization and share-based compensation. The fourth quarter operating expenses include a one-time year-to-date reclassification of $1.9 million to classify share-based compensation in the same income statement line items as a cash compensation paid to those employees, rather than in general administrative expense. With respect to our cash position, at the end of December 2022, we held cash, cash equivalents and short-term investment balances, of $37.5 million compared to $54.1 million at the end of 2021. Our cash decrease resulted primarily from our operating cash needs. Net cash flows used in operating activities for the year ended 2022 were $16.2 million, an increase of 3.5 million from the year ended 2021. The increase in operating cash need was primarily driven by $4.4 million in additional inventory purchases to mitigate any risks to our supply chain. In the fourth quarter, our cash burn was approximately $3 million, the lowest quarterly cash burn since Q1 2021. I'd like to turn the call back to Joe. Thanks, Vanilla.
1: 2022 was a successful year for our team across our four-pillar growth strategy, which has remained in place for the past five years and headlined by record revenue of $20.6 and 26% growth. Over the past two years, we have solidified our leadership team with amazing hires in operations, finance, legal, quality, regulatory, preclinical, and clinical research using the funds available from our capital raise back in early 2021. We now have the foundation to drive scale and productivity with the expectation that sales will start to outpace expense growth in the years ahead. Now, let's break that progress down into our four growth pillars. First, our biologics and drug delivery team continued to add new pharma partners and services throughout 2022. At present, we currently have more than 50 active partners in this space and have been able to maintain the pace of approximately one new partner added each month. We continue to expect that biologics and drug delivery will be one of our fastest growing segments as we have prepared for growth along three major axes. First, we will continue to add new partners in 2023, as we have not yet achieved even 50% of the partnerships where we believe our technology can help their platform. Second, we continue to add new services, expanding the menu of available projects that our team has the capability to provide to these partners. And third, we expect the majority of our partners to continue to progress through the regulatory pathway from bench to preclinical, and eventually clinical trial and commercialization. At present, we do expect the initiation of multiple clinical trials through our partnerships this calendar year. Now, as a reminder, if one partner were to use ClearPoint for our entire portfolio of products and services, that represents approximately an 8 to $10 million in revenue potential over a five-year period. Multiply that opportunity times our 50-plus partners, and that is potentially a few hundred million in addressable market before any drug product is even commercialized. This is a primary driver as to why we feel our company can achieve cash break-even without the requirement of any meaningful revenue from approved and commercialized drugs. Speaking of commercialization, our team achieved a very significant milestone in 2022 in the co-labeling in Europe, for our SmartFlow cannula with the very first NeuroGene therapy approved anywhere in the world of STAZA made by PTC Therapeutics. The approved labeling of this drug includes the requirement of using our cannula when dosing patients and is the result of robust preclinical and clinical testing data that continues to be collected today. While commercialization of other drugs will take some time, I cannot stress the importance and the potential if many, if not all of our partners eventually achieve regulatory clearance with similar co-labeling with our devices. For our second pillar of growth, let's now turn to functional neurosurgery navigation. Many of the challenges we saw in 2020 and 2021 persisted into 2022, contributing to an elevated cancellation and postponement rate for elective procedures Including flu and COVID infections, staffing shortages, and supply chain issues contributing to equipment backorders and delayed repairs. Now, while we invested in additional inventory and did not experience any substantial supply shortages, we are still only the navigation portion of the procedure, and a back order for another company's therapy product can also contribute to a cancellation for a ClearPoint procedure. That being said, we still see strong demand for our navigation products. Where we placed a record 11 new systems in 2022. In fact, here in 2023, we have already installed three systems year-to-date and believe we will place a total of at least 10 systems this calendar year, keeping us on track to achieve 100 systems by 2025. And when we do perform an installation, new sites are getting a much more advanced solution in 2023 as we achieved multiple FDA clearances for new hardware and software, including ClearPoint version 2.2 software, Array version 1.1 software, Maestro segmentation tools, inflection headframes, and more. A first experience with ClearPoint today is very different than years ago. The ability to accelerate to two procedures a day is driving our surgical efficiency faster than ever. We expect additional submissions and potential clearances this year in 2023 and believe with the size of our software and data scientist teams, that we can deliver a cadence of at least one new software release each year for the foreseeable future. We also expect FDA submission in 2023 for two additional hardware offerings, including our orchestra head fixation frame and the smart frame cortex, which will be used for the implantation of brain computer interfaces to the cortical surface of the brain, primarily in clinical trial. For pillar number three, therapy and access devices, we achieved a major milestone in 2022 with the FDA clearance of the PRISM laser therapy system, marking the first therapy product in our portfolio. Initial experience with PRISM has been positive, with early cases now performed in the United States and in Europe. We expect to remain in a limited market release with relatively modest revenue in 2023, while we continue to gain experience with the product and prepare marketing and training materials to highlight the advantages of the PRISM laser system. We then expect to move to a full market release in 2024 after receiving FDA clearance for the 1.5 Tesla scanner labeling to our product. Finally, our fourth pillar of growth, achieving global scale, has made great progress as well. As previously mentioned, we have signed a lease for a new 20,000 square foot manufacturing and development facility in Carlsbad, California, where we expect to be fully operational and producing product by the end of 2023. This facility will serve as a product showcase for pharma partners, will be designed for improved product and manufacturing flow, and eventually margin improvements in the years ahead. We believe the capacity of the site will support the next 5 to 10 years of growth from a production standpoint, in addition to adding new testing and preclinical services to support our 50-plus pharma partners. Our expansion outside the United States has continued with a total of 10 OUS sites now installed and ready to do cases. In 2023, we expect between 50 and 100 cases will be performed in non-US hospitals, which again is crucial for winning contracts with pharma partners outside the US that want to run clinical trials on their home field. For 2023, we continue to expect revenue in the range of 25 to 27 million for the year, Representing growth between 21 and 31% year over year. Revenue in Q1 will likely be in the range of 5 to 5.5 million and subsequent quarters growing more rapidly based on our capital sales pipeline, laser therapy revenue, and timing of preclinical services, which are going to contribute more in the second half of 2023. From a cash standpoint, Danila mentioned we ended the year at 37.5 million in cash and short-term investments. Based on our current projections, we expect our operational cash burn in 2023 to improve slightly compared to 2022, as we see an inflection point more in 2024, where revenue will outpace expenses and our new manufacturing facility will be up and running. In the near term, similar to 2022, we expect a comparable cash flow seasonality of a larger cash burn in the first half of 2023 when one time annual expenses like bonuses, corporate fees, and insurance are paid, followed by a slower cash burn in the second half of 2023. As we look at timing for what cash break even looks like for the company, we've run a number of scenarios. Based on our current projections, we feel that as a company, we can achieve cash break even when we get to the milestone of 50 hospitals each doing 50 cases a year, or on average, one case per week at these 50 centers of excellence. This combined with capital sales and service assumption at those 50 hospitals and modest growth in our preclinical services would deliver approximately $50 million in revenue and support operational cash break-even. The good news is that we're already installed at approximately 70 centers around the world and we'll add approximately 10 additional this year so that we have the installed base to support this next phase as our portfolio fills out at a single hospital, if we can get 30 DDS cases a year, 15 laser cases a year, and five biologics and drug delivery clinical trial patients each year, then that is a credible path to the volume we need to achieve. Again, this would require only one day a week of MRI or operating room time, which is reasonable and can be supported by the portfolio of products that we certain to have certain, that we expect to have available by 2025. Our internal projections and expectations support us achieving an operational cash break-even by the fourth quarter of 2025 and a full-year cash break-even in 2026 if our strategy holds and barring any significant disruptions to patient demand, inorganic investments, or delays to our planned product launches. We believe to have line of sight to this milestone and, importantly, don't need massive patient demand increases or even commercial approval of large gene and cell therapy indications in that time frame. With that, I would like to open up the call to any questions that you might have.
3: Thank you. We will now be conducting a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate that your line is in the question queue. You may press star 2 if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. One moment, please, while we poll for questions. Our first question is from Frank Takanen with Lake Street Capital Markets. Please proceed with your question.
4: Perfect, thanks. Hey, I wanted to start with one on the comment about multiple clinical trials likely to launch at some point this year. Maybe talk a little bit more through those and how it relates to the the total uh, revenue potential of a, of a partner and, and what stage those clinical trials may be in, um, and, and how that could affect the model as we look at 2023.
1: Sure. Yeah, thanks for the question, Frank. Um, yeah, so, so if you think about, uh, 2023 and some of the trials that our partners have communicated the schedules for to us, and, and again, we're going to keep who the partners are confidential just to, you know, to make sure we're, we're respecting our, our agreements that we have. Uh, but what I can tell you is that some of these trials will start, uh, will continue, I would say, in the rare, uh, childhood genetic, uh, range of things, which as we've seen with our partner PTC often requires a less rigorous clinical trial protocol, meaning that you can follow a BLA process and submit data without, you know, necessarily a pivotal study or a randomized sham control study or something like that. So we do expect some of those to start here in 2023. Uh, however, we also expect the initiation of uh, much larger potential indications for studies like Parkinson's disease and, and more adult disorders, which will include a longer clinical trial pathway. However, it will also include a larger number of patients that need to be enrolled to show that. You know, I think as, as we've discussed in the past, uh, you know, some of the phase two and phase three trial designs that we've seen in the past to, to show uh, full efficacy and be, be required by the FDA, uh could include as many as 200 patients in those trials and you know in some of these particular studies uh we can contribute anywhere from 10 to even 20,000 dollars or more per patient so an individual clinical trial that's probably run over a couple of years could contribute anywhere from 2 to 4 million dollars uh just with one of those pivotal trials so so we do expect the initiation of uh, uh hopefully a couple of those larger uh, indications to happen sometime in 2023
4: And as a follow-up directly to that, how much of that is is baked into the guide right now? Or would one of those trials kicking off in 2023 be upside to the guidance?
1: Uh, I would say that we have uh, very little in the guidance at this point. Uh, And again, I mean, our guidance is a range, right? So we've said 25 to 27 million. So I would say the high end of the range would include more patients being enrolled. But at the low end of the range, I'd say it's very small. It's almost like the assumption that a few patients will be enrolled by the end of the year uh, for some of these trials, so it's, it's really not meaningful and, and does present some upside.
4: Okay, that's helpful. And then wanted to shift over to the laser. Uh, curious how many centers you have uh, tested that laser in in the in the initial commercial launch at this point, and how has the feedback been versus the competing lasers on the market?
1: Yeah, I would say the feedback has been very, very strong, but most of the patients that have been enrolled, I don't want to say enrolled so far, that have been treated so far have been done in a clinical trial protocol in Europe, uh, and this has been focused primarily on tumor patients or really exclusively on tumor patients today. Uh, those cases that have been performed there, the, the device has performed exceptionally well. Uh, we're very, very pleased with the results and uh, you know, as I said in my statements, we, we are using this time to sort of prepare additional training and marketing materials because there are some meaningful dis- differences between the products currently on the market and what PRISM has to offer. Uh, in the United States, we've done cases at one center so far in the United States, uh, and we're in the process of installing at multiple additional centers as well. Uh, similar to some of the things that we've talked about in the past, uh anytime you're bringing a new piece of hardware and software into a hospital today, uh the, the sort of delays, uh, which aren't even delays anymore, they're becoming expected of getting a new technology approved through uh, IT at a hospital uh, has just been more complicated than it's ever been before. And, you know, those teams don't always meet on a weekly basis. Sometimes it's only a monthly basis. So uh, that's something that's uh, the, the pace of installation has been a little slower that we expect, but it's not because people are not interested in trying the product. It's really just going through the hurdles that are a necessary part of getting a new technology into a hospital in, in 2023.
4: Okay. And then uh, last one from me, it sounded like at the end of 2022 there in the last couple of weeks of 2022, uh, there were some cancellations or, or postponements at least to 2023. Uh, any update on those?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the biggest uh drivers of that, I would say the most substantial ones, were in a couple buckets. Um, the, the biggest one just being the timing of some of the preclinical services and the way that we recognize revenue. Uh, you know, you notice in, in Q4, as, as Danila mentioned, our cash burn was only $3 million. And, you know, part of the contributor to that is some of our pharma partners that are effectively prepaying for services because they do understand the risk and timelines of certain services being ready. We, we can't perform a certain test, for example, if we don't get the drug delivered to us. So uh, what we have asked and been successful in asking is that the pharma partners can provide some of the cash up front, so even if there is a delay, you know, we're not losing our time and energy on it. Uh, from a revenue standpoint, however, that means we don't always recognize the revenue, and I think that's some of the – those were the primary delays that we saw in Q4 of last year and it's you know it's just honestly it's going to be a part of uh normal you know the 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 plan that we have is that across 50 different partners and a number of different programs that there will be some delays however there's enough shots on goal in any given quarter that will perform the services to keep the keep the revenue growing um so i think that was that was prime you know one of the primary uh contributors is, is and it's something that there's nothing i would say that we lost in 2022 That we don't expect to regain in 2023. So it really is a a timing issue. Um, The other side of the equation is that there were some uh, definite postponements and high cancellation rates, especially around the last few weeks of December, which contributed probably to another hundred to $150,000 of uh, case postponements. Um, Again, as we've shared in the past, some of the, you know, there's, there's good and bad. Parts of that. You know, the good part is is that it's very rare that a case is canceled outright. It's normally postponed, whether it's a patient is sick or a surgeon is sick or there's a temporary insurance denial that gets sorted out with a, a new letter from the doctor or something like that. Um, so the good news is is that these patients still have a chance to get treated. Uh, the challenging part for our current model is that uh, just because it's postponed, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's more MRI access time in the future. So if you still only have that one slot, it takes a little time to recoup and, and get that patient scheduled. So, um, you know, as, as we've discussed in the past, a big part of our strategy is evolving out of the MRI and into the operating room, which will allow us to recoup some of these postponed pa- postponements faster because we'll have two different arenas in which we can treat that patient.
4: Got it. Okay, that's helpful. I'll stop there. Thanks for taking the questions, and congrats on all the progress. All right. Thanks, Rick.
3: As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Our next question comes from Neil Shatterjee with B. Riley Securities. Please proceed with your question.
5: Hey, guys. Uh, good afternoon, and thanks for taking the questions. Uh, maybe no, just while you. we're on that topic on the uh, cancellations and postponements, just I don't know if I missed it there on what you said, but in terms of just the, the level or the rate, I think I think it was you know recently as high as like say thirty percent versus that eight to twelve percent historically. So where is
1: that kind of sitting currently? Yeah. So I, so the data that we have is you know we're currently in that twenty-five to twenty-eight percent range. I would say if you look back the last rolling six months, give or take. Uh, and you compare that to a historical number that we had prior to COVID, uh, the COVID initiation, let's call it, uh, that number was in the 10 to 15 percent range. So uh, effectively, since COVID has come about, uh, for whatever the reason of the cancellation, the, the impact has totally been pretty much double the cancellation and postpone, postponement rate. Um, and we're, we're still seeing some of that persist here in 2023 as well. But that's, that was kind of expected and part of our plan. If if you think about the guidance that we provided of 25 to 27 million, uh, that includes the expectation that this cancellation rate of above 20% is going to persist as well. Yeah, that's, that's helpful color.
5: Great. And then in terms of the, just on the, on the BDD side, so in terms of just conversations with, you know, potential new partners, just curious, you know, how the success today you've had with the, the PTCTs partnership, you know, has that helped kind of grease the wheels in some of those conversations?
1: Uh, I think it definitely has. Um, I, again, one of the big advantages that we can provide to a, uh, a pharma partner is the experience with our product, being both the navigation and doing these procedures under live MRI guidance, which, you know, we certainly believe is the most precise and accurate way to do it. Uh, but also the experience that the FDA has with our array of different cannula and drug delivery tools. And, you know, if you, uh, again, if you're a pharma partner and if you have a chance to get in front of the FDA to present your protocol, uh, I can, I can tell you in our experience, things go a lot smoother when you're using the SmartFlow cannula because the FDA reviewer can say, oh yeah, I've approved ClearPoint SmartFlow before. I understand this device. You know, it's it's not simple, but you know, check. Let's move on to the next question, as opposed to that same pharma company having to say, well, wait a second, this thing's not FDA cleared. Uh, we don't have any experience. We've never approved a protocol with this device used before. You know, if, if we as a you know as a company can help save three months or six months of negotiation with the FDA, that's real time and real money to a pharma partner, and I think that's one of the primary reasons they continue to come and work with us. In addition to you know, all the clinical services and things that we provide. And, you know, to answer your question, the fact that, you know, PTC has now been successful in getting a drug approved in Europe and it's approved as a combination device, you know, that is definitely another feather that we can put in our hat to say, hey, you know, we're the one device that, uh, that's, that's been able to navigate one of these regulatory pathways. And if it can happen here in the United States under FDA clearance as well, I think that will be another significant milestone and, and very significant marketing tool that we'll be able to use.
5: Got it. Great. Thanks for that. Um, and then just uh, one question on just in terms of the guidance for 23, uh, just kind of curious if, if there's any way to, you know, add any color in terms of just parsing out the the different segments. So, you know, how do, how do we think about the growth for BDD functional neuro and, and capital and software, you know,
1: in 23? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of moving parts on timing and things like that, but, you know, when when we look at our model and, you know, what gave us confidence in in providing that range, uh, it really includes all three of those different buckets that Danilo presented uh, experiencing growth. So if you think biologics and drug delivery, uh, as far as a magnitude of growth dollars, don't think about a percentage, but an actual growth magnitude, uh, we do expect that to be the largest growth contributor based on, you know, POs that we've already received and uh, capabilities that we can now offer. So I think that'll still be the, the highlight one. However, we also do expect uh, our functional neurosurgery and therapy business, as well as our capital business, to certainly grow in that, uh, you know, 15 to 20% plus range as well. So so we, we do expect all three buckets to be contributing to growth this year. Great.
5: And uh, just one last question for me. So i uh, just curious if you could just kind of talk, you know, a little bit about your international expansion plans and, you know, just any d- updates for, say, Europe or, or China.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, so I mentioned that we've, we've placed three additional systems so far this year in 2023. Uh, actually, all three of those happen to be OUS. Uh, so two of those were placed in Europe. One was placed in Brazil, so our very first, installation in South America. Um, and, and, you know, we believe this is a, an important part. Now, if we were just a neuro navigation company or even a laser therapy company, you know, Brazil is probably not the first country we would go to, for example, right? It's a massive population, but, you know, it's certainly a, a long ways away from, from where we are today. Um, the support that we get from companies like PTC that have large drug potential sales opportunities in countries like Brazil and, uh, you know Singapore, Taiwan, a bunch of different com- uh, countries. Uh, that is really helping fuel the acceleration and how quickly we would go. Uh, maybe where we were, if we were just a device company, uh, we'd probably go a little bit slower. So it's doing two things for us. You know, one, it is getting us uh, experience in these new geographies, and and that helps drive some of the device business as well. Because uh, even if we get approval with the goal of treating patients for one of our pharma partners we're very, very clear that a complicated gene therapy infusion case should not be your first case. So what commonly happens is we say, yes, we're going to do that eventually, but we're going to start on some simple biopsies, DDS procedures, maybe some laser procedures as well to get familiar with the overall system and prepare for these trials down the road. So, so we get that benefit. Secondarily, we get the benefit of putting off additional uh sort of sort of uh, walls and moats around our company and around our technology you know it's it's very hard to get approval for a cannula for example in the United States uh it's very hard to get it approved in Europe as well uh many companies that would maybe compete with us in the future might even just stop at those two locations but if we can actually have approval for our devices in a number of different geographies that's just one more reason that a pharma company should be working with us because we can actually cover a much broader population of the world which is which is honestly more how pharma companies think than device companies. So, uh, again, it's a little expensive. It's, you know, it's contributed to some of our cash burn doing this regulatory work, et cetera. However, again, it's, you know, just like know-how and team uh, hiring and IP investment, you know, this regulatory and quality investment is something that, you know, we think is going to protect us in the future.
5: Great. Great. Well, again, congrats on the quarter, and that's it for me. Okay. Thank you, Neil.
3: There are no further questions at this time. I would now like to turn the floor back over to Joe Burnett for closing comments.
1: Thank you, Maria. And once again, thank you to everyone interested in being a part of this team's journey here at ClearPoint. We recognize the challenging global environment that we're all forced to live in today, and we assure you that we are going to help patients around the world as best as we possibly can by keeping our heads down, staying focused, and executing against our four-pillar growth strategy to develop products that truly improve the quality of life for our patients and their families. Hope you all have a great night. Goodbye.
4: This
3: concludes today's conference. You may disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your participation.